What's up, everyone? As I've done in the last few episodes, I've started to wish people a happy birthday. I love birthdays. So here goes. This is the 10th through the 16th of January's birthdays. Here we go. Jason Wagstaff, John Denton, Yannick Vasio. Uh, let's see. Betty McCarty, Molly Peters, Maggie McGill, Cindy Chambers, Maria Pope, Kelly Pearson, Stefania Barbier, Shari D'Angelo, Megan Aileen, Elizabeth Luna, Julie Dritz-Cialone, Sarah Heinrichs Pop, Manali Mahidia, Nicole Flaherty, Sarah Nelson Conklin, Laura Yader, Shauna McClafferty Krieger, Nicole Alexander, John Lee, Judith Ray, Jonathan Thrasher, Twyla Jones, Scott Hopkins, Calvin Middleton, Carol McGregor, Olga Kalnova, Evgina Ali Siva, Tammy Billy, Kishore Saw, Jen Roder, Amanda Stevens, happy birthday everyone, Susan Roderick, Michelle Pelliccio, Gina Fitzpatrick, Nicole Taylor, Christina Vincent, Jillian K. Coughlin, Leslie Ann Kitten, Joao Ventura, Tim Miller, Chris Sariva, happy birthday dude, Chris Rexon, Eric L. Smith, Julia Sh- Julietta Schwartzman, Svetlana Zava- Zaviolova, Tish Nouvelle, Michael Ballard, Ashley Scobie, Aaron Manning, Carolina Arroyo, Judia Comir, Dia Meta Macajani, she was a wedding client of mine, happy birthday, Brian Riley, Jim Banks, Leanne Shorter, Bobby Alcott, happy birthday dude, Heather Zawalik, Mike James, Amy Bellwin, Dan Davis, Megan Correll Merrilies, LaDonna McVeigh, Carolyn Clement, Mark Lutz. Happy birthday, you guys. Hope you have a great birthday. My birthday month. Happy Capricorn's birthday. Let's move on to the show. Hey there. Thanks for tuning in to Something New Every Week with your host, me, Jason Group. Each week, I'm going to give you something new that's happening in our photographic world. Just some great conversations with my friends and what's going on right now. Something new every week is sponsored by Miller's Lab. Miller's Professional Imaging is the largest professional lab organization in the United States. They provide professional prints and press products for professional photographers in all 50 states and Canada. And they're just a great company. If you don't know them, go check them out, millerslab.com. All right, here we are, the first recording of 2021, something new every week. Happy New Year, everyone. I hope this, uh, as you're listening, you are doing well, whatever time of the year it is, whatever time of the day it is. And uh, I am excited to be moving into 2021, although with the way things have been so crazy, a lot of people have been saying it's like December uh, 40th. Um, not really 2021 at this point, but I am joined with my friend Paul Van Reeder uh, from Los Angeles, right? Los Angeles? Close enough. I mean, it, I live in Southern California, okay. uh, pretty close to Newport Beach. Um, that's kind of the easiest way to explain it for most people. Or if you've seen, you know, that old show, Laguna Beach on MTV, I'm yeah, just in line for that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I watched all that LC and all the drama and all that stuff. <laughs> all of those, all of those. Um, I used to remember getting two of my friends to watch them. Comically, I used to lifeguard down there on the beach for like eight years. So wow. it's near, near, dear city to my heart. Yeah, so I, I want to talk about California. That's one of the places that I want to start. But I'm joined today with uh, Paul Van Reeder, who is from Southern California. Paul is an internationally recognized wedding and portrait photographer. Over the last decade, he has, I'm reading this aloud to do this because 
Paul is a new friend, and I want to make sure that I introduce him properly. So I'm going to introduce him. Uh, so over the last decade, he's had the privilege of photographing over 300 weddings on seven different, uh, several different continents and all over North America. When Paul isn't uh, capturing images, he is educating and inspiring other photographers on how to implement his artisan method and into their photograph work and business. Uh, he's also Fuji-sponsored Holfast and Mastin Lab sponsored speaker. Um, and um, we've had several conversations over the last couple of weeks, and I've enjoyed getting to know him. Um, he does beautiful work. And we'll start with California. Southern California is like my one of my favorite places on the planet. I don't get there enough, and I haven't been there in a while, and I'm super jealous of your locale. You know what's funny is everybody says that, and I'm always super jealous of where they live. Um, you know, it's definitely a grass is greener kind of situation. It's a beautiful place to live, but, um, I, I would, I would really enjoy having some weather, just <laughs> any, any weather, <laughs> any weather, just some, something that changes, which I must sound <sighs> so terrible to everyone that's, you know, in a cold place right now, but I would give, you know, I would give something good to go and hang out in some snow right now. That'd be pretty fun for me. Yeah, but the thing is, is in, in Southern California, within a couple of hours, you could pretty much have any kind of weather that you want. But I guess you do have the trade-off of really, really horrible traffic. And this is coming from the New Yorker. That traffic is <laughs> is effing next level. And it, it is crazy. It does something to you. So the, my sister lives in Montana, uh, in Bozeman, and I visit her a lot. Mm. And everything in Montana is, is an hour to two hours away. If you want to go anywhere in Montana and do anything different, you're in the car for an hour to two right. hours. And that's just kind of how it goes. Yeah. And that's not a big deal because it's just a straight shot. You get in the car, turn on some music, you put a cruise control and just go. Anything in California that's two <laughs> to one hours away feels like someone rubbing sandpaper <laughs> on your face <laughs> with a lighter under your foot the whole time. And uh -huh. I, I can't, it's just so, it just it grates on you, you know, so. Listen, it's, it is, nobody knows more than me. There are things that are close, but no one goes anywhere. <laughs> yes. And that's what it was like in the New York, New Jersey area as well. It's like six miles was an hour. Not quite as bad as, as, as LA and, and, and Southern California. The problem is, is that, you know, in, in the New York area, you have options with public transportation where you just don't, or very few options in, in, in Southern California. And yeah. You know, and, and, and when we moved here to St. Louis, it was the same thing. Like everything's a half an hour away, but it's like no big deal. You get in the car and you bring a cup of coffee. There's no traffic. It's 30 miles away. It's 30 minutes away. It's no big deal. Like, and, you know, I remember thinking like when I plugged stuff into, into my maps, being like, oh my gosh, it's 40 miles away. And they'd be like, yeah, so... And I'd be like, 40 miles is like three hours in New York, you know? So what's the uh, what's the expected speed limit in St. Louis? And then what's the actual driven speed limit? It, I mean, you know, the highways average from 60 to 75 miles an hour here, depending on where you're where you're at. But nobody's in any kind of rush here. So I, I actually have to really like check myself almost every time I get in the car because um, Missouri drivers are also next level. And I'm sorry, Missouri people who are listening. I'm calling you out. You guys suck. <laughs> as drivers <laughs> i've seen guys in, watching movies on their ipads on the dashboard i mean they're literally cruising so and i'm like you know in and out of lanes and you know drive like a city person and whenever we get friends you know like we'll hop in the minivan and 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 go someplace with a bunch of friends and they're like oh my god you are out of your mind i'm a crazy driver so it's been an adjustment here i can imagine so a couple things that i want to talk to you about today first of all 
I, you, you're a Fuji ambassador and, um, you know, a lot of people, I, I, I wanted, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you today is I wanted to learn a little bit more about Fuji because I don't, I've been a Canon guy forever. And, you know, you are also, the way you shoot weddings is so much different than the way that I used to do it. Uh, yeah. You know, I was the guy who used to bring just tons and tons of equipment, especially lighting gear with me. And with Fuji systems, just seems like, you know, so much better <laughs> as far as, you know, a lightweight solution. And I know that you weren't always with Fuji. So I just wanted to kind of grab your ear a little bit about that transition. Yeah, um, I was a avid Nikon shooter for for almost a, actually yeah a decade, um, almost a little over a decade, um, and, and I still you know I, I they really don't have anything against Nikon. Um, yeah. there's some things that that, that annoy me, you know, uh, more of just you know weird company minutia. But there was it got to a point where I was just getting frustrated with the fact that they I didn't feel like they were keeping up technologically with what was going on in the industry. And they've done a lot better recently, uh-huh. but they're still, in my opinion, kind of behind the eight ball. And what ended up happening two years ago is uh, through a mutual connection, I was able to get my hands on a GFX. And I had the GFX for no longer than two weeks when I called up that connection. I said, you're getting this back over my dead body. Like it's, <laughs> this is, you're never getting this back. It's the best camera I've used. It's got the best color I could ever want. Uh, it's rendering is amazing. The lenses are incredible. Like it, it just blew my mind. I mean, it, yeah, it's a medium format camera, so it's going to have some sure. in, innate differences than a, the normal camera, but the ecosystem, the menus, the the culture of the company, everything just really kind of resonated with me in a way mm. that just, it, it, it hasn't with any other camera brand ever. And it became a camera that like I wanted to pick up and shoot. And after a decade of shooting, you know, weddings and, and some little commercial, you know, I just, the camera became more of this tool that I wasn't like, you know, super excited to grab every single time. Yeah, I was, you know, happy to take photos. But now with Fujifilm, even two years into it, with all the cameras that I have now, every single one of them, I love. I look at them. They're on my desk. I want to pick up and I want to shoot them. And they're gorgeous. And yeah. the images that come out of them are breathtaking. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a, it's a brilliant setup. It's a brilliant system. It's a brilliant company as a general rule. It's like just everybody in it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't I haven't interacted with anybody with Fuji that hasn't uh, struck me as an absolutely passionate, you know, photographic advocate. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's pretty incredible. I, I sometimes have hard times putting it to words because it's something you just kind of have to experience. Yeah, and you know, just, you know, changing systems is always such a such a big you know, jump for me personally. I mean, I was an icon shooter back in the film days and then I switched to Canon when the 5D came out. That's when I switched yeah. over to Canon. And I remember having all this, this this gear. Is there any advice you could give to somebody for switching any systems as far as, you know, moving them over or when to make those decisions? Because for me, it was, it's a, you know, you're losing money no matter what. Yeah, I I think that, I think the best way to do it is to, buy and return. <laughs> um, I know that that's probably not a popular statement to make, but I, you know, you can buy a lot of things online, try it out from Amazon and then send it back. Yeah. And it's really no skin off their teeth because they're a giant, you know, company and it's mm-hmm. not going to cost you anything. Uh, I, so with that in mind, I recommend that you try everything. 
I yeah. recommend that you you rent whatever you can, you yeah. buy return whatever you can, you, you yeah. check out as much gear as you can. Um, and when you're done and you've chosen Fuji, welcome to the team. <laughs> Got it. Got it. And, you know, the way that I used to always do that, too, is, yeah, is either, you know, borrowing, beg, borrowing and stealing, right? So whoever you can, you know, get it from. And, you know, when I was in New York, you know, there's, you know, thousands of photographers there. So, you know, uh, I had built a very big network of friends and, you know, I could always reach out to them and say, hey, can I borrow this lens this weekend? Or, you know, obviously I could rent whatever I needed and, and just go pick it up. So that's the other thing I wanted to talk to you about. I know that I noticed the other day, actually, I want to talk to you about Clubhouse first, because I feel like <laughs> that's something we should really touch on and yeah, yeah. In, in our conversation. And I really think we should get there. Um, so Clubhouse, for those of you who don't know, is uh, a new app that, that was released a f- just a few weeks ago, or maybe it's been around a while, but it seems it's to be been, catching it's on. It's been a month or so, I think. Maybe it right. might be even longer than that, yeah. It's only available on iOS and... Oh, nope, they got an Android version now. Oh, they do. Well, see, that's, yep, see, that's something out. brand new, yeah. everyone, that you just learned. Uh, an Android version. It's still in beta mode, but um, I know that you've been participating in it. And it's, it's basically the way I look at it, it. It feels like it's like you're listening to a CB radio. Um, and I'm old enough to remember having a CB radio and listening to people talk on it. And it is very similar to that, but give me your, give me your thoughts on it. Well, I don't think that that's incorrect at all. I think it, right now that's very much the, the idea of it. Um, I think going forward, it's going to end up being more like uh, community talk radio where everybody gets to participate. Mm. Uh, there are aspects of the platform that allow you to create clubs and allow you to obviously schedule rooms. Uh-huh. Uh, what I've tried to do every day now is I'll schedule a room for an hour. It always goes over, but I'll yeah. schedule a room on a topic that I have some background in teaching about. And okay. I'll come in and I'll basically just run my mouth for 30 minutes, um, hopefully imparting some form of knowledge that I might be able to share. And then I'll open it up for, for discussion or questions. Mm. And that seems to be pretty darn effective right now. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it is it is a... I think a really groundbreaking platform. I, I, you know, when you look at all the different social media platforms that have been really successful, none of them have been clones of each other. Right. They've all come to the table initially with this different experience. So, you know, everyone's like, what's next? What's next? What's going to be the next, you know, Facebook? What's going to be the next Instagram? I, you know, if this was a public company and you could buy stocks, I would go all in on this. I mean, it it makes a lot of sense to me because it is a different platform and it is also polarizing. Same Mm -hmm. thing with all the other platforms that came out. Some people love it and some people freaking hate it, you know, and, (laughs) and that's fine. That's, 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 that was the same thing with like Instagram when it came out. People were like, I don't get it. Why do I just want to post images? Like (laughs) it makes zero sense. Like. Like, why would I do that? I can't talk to people. I can't carry in a car. There's no engagement. Uh-huh. Like they were just complaining, complaining, playing. And then all of a sudden look where Instagram is now, yeah. you know? Um, so it's, it's one of those things where I think that it's going to, if you're not on it now, find someone that's on it, ask for an invite. It does take a little bit because you have to be in their contacts and they have to be in your contacts because it runs off of your, your, your text messaging. That's yeah. how you get invited. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, give it a whirl and give it a try and get used to the, uh, um, the ecosystem that it's in, because I, I really think it's going to be, you know, something incredible down the road. 
do you think this is the new this is the vine or is this going to be clubhouse for the future do you, do you get what i'm trying to say is this going to evolve is yeah, this going to evolve into what what vine evolved into tiktok right or I don't vine, know vine directly. i think they they just kind of i don't know how that worked i don't think they evolved directly into it it no. was a shift but yeah um I don't, I don't know how I'm not good at predicting stuff like that, but what I am <laughs> typically pretty good at is nailing things like trends that'll, that'll stick. Sure. Um, I, I really think that because this is so different that it's going to be challenging to say, is it going to evolve into mm-hmm. something else? Because I have not seen anything like what clubhouse is. Uh, I have not seen anything grow as quickly as Clubhouse is, is growing right now. I've not seen anything be in as much demand as Clubhouse is in right now. I mean, everybody on my feed or Facebook feed, the, when, I, when I post things about having a talk going on, it's, it's, a, it's a litany of people asking for invites. Well, so, I think they did an amazing job. They did an amazing job of, as, 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 as a marketing person or the marketing hat, person in me is absolutely in love with the way that they've rolled this out. Yeah. Making, creating that sense of urgency that you need to get an invite. And, and I've heard some stories about how people are selling their invites for like 50 bucks a piece, which is insanity to me because, you know, I I guess, you know, you and I live in worlds where, you know, we have thousands of friends on Facebook and, and Instagram and, and that's just because we're involved in our community. Um, that's the way it is. But, you know, there are people who only have 15 Facebook friends or what have you. And, uh, you know, that's that's why they can't get the invite. So the, the fact that they're selling these invites is insane to me. But um, I agree with you that it is definitely something that I've never seen before. And it is exciting. I, I have to admit, as a Gen Xer, I'm a little surprised at the millennial generation um, embracing it so much because in my travels, they hate talking to people live IRL as I joke with my kids. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm amazed that they're embracing it. Um, I think there's something to be said for not having to show up in person. So their, their voice can be heard. Mm. You know, and if you look at what that generation does a lot of, and that's gaming, they certainly aren't shy about throwing the headset on and just calling people out for their crappy gaming skills. Oh, that so is a really good point. Okay, I'm with you there. Their 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 vocal vocalization of their opinions, I think, is is different than you know in a, in a virtual atmosphere is going to be much different than physical sure attendance of something. You know. Sure. Okay. So, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm behind you on that. And so, you know, you've been going on and scheduling, uh, you know, whatever it is, you know, every day or, or every couple of days and, and just talking. And I know you are, I mean, one of the reasons that, you know, we connected was because you, you know, you're active in the community and, you know, do a good job of networking around the industry. Um and I know that I think it was yesterday you did a room on on networking and talking about sponsorships and getting sponsored and and I'd love yeah. to love to t- love to touch 
on that with you because I think that's an interesting topic that a lot of photographers ask and was definitely one that people would, I was like the go-to point where when I was at WPPI, like, who do I contact at this company to reach them? And, you know, I had to be sometimes the, what's the word I'm looking, the gatekeeper for, for those people. Uh, And not in a bad way, like, you know, they're, they're, they're too important to reach, but I would always try and filter, and, and I know that you were talking about it. I always, always try and not send them down a path that was going to be a failure for them. So I would try and pre-qualify them before. So yeah. t- talk to me about what you were talking about. Well, the name of the, the group that I started was literally just, you know, how to get sponsored. How, and then in parentheses at the end, it's like, you're probably doing it wrong. Yeah. Um, and it's not to knock anything that anyone's doing. Um, it was mainly to just share my experience because I've been fortunate enough over the last almost 13 years now of being a professional photographer that I've been able to engage with some really incredible brands and they brought me on a lot of the times somewhat to my surprise. Um, just because I, I don't count myself as an incredible photographer and that's not fishing. It's, it's just one of those things that, maybe I try to keep myself motivated by not doing that or I, I don't know, but I always describe myself as a mediocre photographer that takes pictures of beautiful things. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of how I go about what I do image wise. So with that mindset, I know I can't rely on the laurels of my image creation to necessarily draw in brands, attention, partnerships, things like that. I've got to have something else to bring to the table. Okay. Um, that's, you know, I also preach a whole bunch about how the actual, once you get to a certain level of talent, your actual photography becomes meaningless in your running of your business, which I know is another incendiary kind of like thing that pisses <laughs> a lot of people off, but there's a lot of mediocre photographers like me out there doing real well. And yes. that's because of that reason. Um, so essentially it was, it was boiled down to a talk. I mean, after I kind of got through all the minutia of, you know, discussing what it's like to be sponsored, who you know, what, like who's the best brand in line with all that kind of stuff. The, the thing I kept coming back to with people is, is networking. You're, you're not understanding that the days of creating a gorgeous image and sitting on your heels and just waiting for someone to knock on your door, that is gone, <laughs> like long gone. <laughs> There are, again, yes. there's so many incredible, talented, nice, personable, genius, loving human beings that create <laughs> incredibly gorgeous imagery out there. And they're not getting the time of day from Mm-mm. anybody. No. Is that a bummer? Yeah, it's a bummer, but it's a mm-hmm. reality. And how do you fix that? Like, how do you, where, where do you, like, where's the disconnect? What do you do to change that? And if you're, are you interested in changing that? And if you are interested in changing that, the way to do it is, networking. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be aggressive networking. It doesn't have to be anything crazy, but you do have to, like I started out in this industry knowing zero about it. All I knew is that I was in a job I didn't like. And I was passionate about taking pictures of my son and that a couple of family friends asked me to take pictures of their kids. And then somebody asked me to take pictures of a wedding and I got lucky. The person that was that whose wedding that was um, ended up referring me to kind of a a known actress at the time and I shot her wedding. Um, so, and then my first two weddings I ever shot ended up getting featured on wedding chicks, but I was like, okay, all right, I am going. And again, that's luck, but that this is where luck meets preparation right, as right. a whole. And this yeah. is, 
I, I made this decision when I started because I, I was like, okay, and this is like the first time I picked up, like bought a nice camera. I'm like, I really like this. I like taking pictures of people. What's what's the right avenue for me? Okay, wedding photography and portrait photography. That's the right angle for me because that's that's where my strengths are. Who's the best wedding photographer in the world? So I Googled it and <laughs> Mike Cologne showed up. Of course like, he did. Number one wedding, it's just like, this is, you know, <laughs> nine, 2008 or something like that. And he shows up as the number one photographer in the world, or number one wedding photographer in the world. Oh, I love So Mike. I was like, Our, yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. Um, so I, I immediately was like, okay, I'm going to be Mike Cologne. That's what I'm going to do. I am going to copy everything Mike Cologne does, <laughs> and I'm going to be Mike Cologne. Um, funnily enough, he and I are, I, I wouldn't say good friends or buddies now, which yeah, is yeah. just really kind of a, it's a fun thing to reflect on. Um, but so I, I was, and I looked at him like, okay, what's all the stuff that he does? Where does he shoot? Who does he work with? You know, who does like, what are these, these are what I need. This is what I need to target. You know, uh-huh. if someone else did it, I can do it too. So I, I saw, I'm like, okay, he's sponsored by Nikon. All right. I have to be sponsored by a national brand. That's what has to happen. <laughs> That's the only way. And it's gotta be Nikon. <laughs> so I, I essentially just put my mindset from day one that, mm. you know, I wanted to be sponsored by a national brand. I wanted to work with brands because to be an effective uh, you know, successful photographer in my head at that time, that's what you needed to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I basically kind of, kind of stumbled my way through the process. And, and what I've come to now, you know, quite a few la- years later is that to, to get to that point, it's all about who, you know, yeah. and that doesn't come from privilege. That doesn't come from, I mean, let's be honest, a little bit, it always does, but you can get there if you need to. Uh-huh. Um, it comes from a sense of understanding that the people that are going to help you be part of their brand or support their brand or be a voice for their brand mm-hmm. are decision makers that don't actually fully see you and see the industry as a whole on a no. regular daily business or right. daily daily basis. They are in an office somewhere. Yep. They are working hard at their job trying yep. to succeed in their career. Correct. And they're not constantly looking at Instagram, looking for brilliant photographers. They just aren't. So exactly. the way to get yourself in front of one of those decision makers is by doing your damnedest to infiltrate the industry <laughs> in a way where you can connect with these people. Yes. And the best place to do that right off the bat is trade shows. Yep. It absolutely is. So when those it come is. back into swing and anyone that's listening right now has the opportunity to go and introduce yourself to someone at a, a booth, do it. Yes. Do it and introduce yourself and, and get their name and show some interest and talk to them. Yes. Ask them about themselves. Connect with them. Don't don't just come up and, you know, I'm so and so, check this out. Yes. You know, but and it takes some time. You know, it, it took me a great deal of time to get to the point where I was able to walk around a trade show with a high placement marketing executive for a brand that I love and appreciate and support the living hell out of. And he and I are friends now, and I was able to walk around the trade show and shake hands with my friends, people that I consider legitimately wonderful people that I've met in the industry. And he looked at me and he was like, oh my God, you know everybody. <laughs> and, and through that, I become an asset to him because yeah. now I can introduce him mm-hmm. to decision makers at other companies. I can introduce him to people that can help him move his brand forward. Yeah. And because of that, I am now part of their brand. Yes. Because I, I have a meaningful value to their brand as far as 
connection points. And then also I have some influence in the wedding photography industry as a whole. I create some lovely, well, images <laughs> that they like that they can use for branding. Right. Um, and I license that stuff to them. So it becomes this very mutual, beneficially supportive ecosystem. And I think that a lot of photographers and a lot of people in our industry don't fully understand that that's what brands are looking for is a mutually beneficial ecosystem. Yes. They don't want, they don't need you to bring pretty pictures. They think that's not, that's not all they need. They need more than that. They need you to offer something else and bring something else to the table. So I think that's the the first key, you know, that's the first step. And that's, that's kind of what I teach when I, when people were curious about like, Hey, how can I engage the brand? I mean, it goes, this, this can be applicable to so many parts of our industry. This is just the most, the most fun part to talk about because, you know, I think a lot of people want to support the brands that they love and they want those brands to support them back in a meaningful way. And it's not for everybody. And it's not, you have to be in the right place in your career and you have to be at the right place to have these things happen for you. And you have to bring something to the table. But once you have those things all there, I feel like the disconnect is always the, the concept where like, I don't understand why I'm not getting noticed. Well, it's because you're not noticing them. You're not right. noticing the people that actually make the decisions. Yes. You know? And I think you, so, you hit on, on a good point. And, and I used to give this advice all the time with people who were frustrated. And I would say to them, what are you doing to be useful to them? How are you being useful? Well, I mean, you know, I shared these great images with them and, and um, you know, I contacted them and they're not writing me back. And I'm like, did you meet them at the trade show? Did you introduce yourself? Did you find somebody to introduce you to? That was always a big thing for me is there's, there's, a, there's a kind of etiquette at a trade show as far as I'm concerned is going up to somebody cold that you've never met before is, is it's okay to do that. And, and I used to always make the point too, is if you don't have somebody to introduce you to that person, the trade show is the best place to do that because it's their job at that moment to meet new people. Like when they're sitting in their office doing their job, that's their, they're doing their job. When they go to a trade show, their job is to meet people and, and, and make contacts and, and, and network. That's, that's what their job is when they get there. For the most yeah. part, right? They have other things that they want to accomplish there. But how can you go up to them and be useful in some way? What is it that you can say to them, you know, that, that can make that connection? And you generally don't need, I mean, most of the people that work in our industry are very, very friendly people and are very, they're there for a reason because they love photographers. Yeah. And it's, it is not nothing personal, <clears throat> but yeah, being useful and finding a way and, and you know, to connect that way within within the community. And, you know, to give you one example of that that I used to always offer, especially to really new photographers who didn't know anybody, is I used to always I, 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 I used to always get them or or would ask them to volunteer to be part of the print competition and then they would just come and help and work. And some of the people that I introduced to that community are some of the our most well known photographers in in our community right now who started just picking up prints and hanging them on the wall and just working their asses off at the show and just being a volunteer, which led them to dinners with Nikon, led them to Canon Canon and, you know, Fuji and these places. And those people are now working into the sponsors because they started from a place where they were being useful. So I always like to give that, you know, kind of those examples of that. And, you know, they want, you know, they love that you love their brand. They appreciate that, but it's sometimes hard to feel it. Yeah, and I think that's a, an important thing to talk about here too. Is that there's one, there's a difference between loving a brand and then being useful. Um, 
It is the objection, objective of a marketing department to make people love their brand. Uh-huh. So if you're on Instagram and you are talking about XYZ because you freaking love them and you really do, and that's amazing and that's awesome, that's a win for the marketing department. They've done an excellent job. You love their brand. You are putting a stamp of approval on their brand and that's it just and, and everything they're doing, that's great. But if we're talking about strictly the concept of supporting a brand and being part of their environment, their, their culture and their company and being sponsored or some kind of an ambassador or something like that. It's less about loving the brand. You have to love the brand, <laughs> Don't yeah, yeah. but it's less, it's less about that and more about, like you said, it's about being useful. Mm-hmm. What are, what do you bring into the table? What do you have to offer? And they're not going to come to you and seek out what you have to offer. They're not going to figure it out on their own. You have to go to them and say, I have this to offer to you. I have this audience that I can put you in front of. How can I do it better for you? Right. I have this event happening and I'd like to involve your brand in some way. What can I do and how can we make this work? You know, it's, I have this imagery that I think re- properly represents what you guys are as a company and what you're trying to express to our industry. Yeah. How can I best provide this to you? Well, and I think also, you know, really having a deep understanding of the brand that you want to be sponsored by. And I'll give you one example of um, there was a photographer that I knew who really wanted to be introduced to one of these camera companies and had bugged me for weeks. You know, can you walk me over to the booth at the show? And, you know, I, you know, I was always very busy at the shows, but, you know, I would make time, you know, and, and, you know, she I really want an introduction. Can you introduce me to some people? Blah, blah, blah. So finally, we connected at the show and I brought her over to introduce her to the person who works on the, you know, ambassador team. And, uh, you know, um, you know, and not to put myself, but in my, in my position, you know, I didn't want to waste anybody's time at the show either. So when I brought somebody over, it was kind of like I would get their attention. So I brought her over and uh, introduced them to this person. And I really, and she's gushing about the brand and blah, 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 blah. And she said, oh, which cameras are you, you, which cameras are you using? What, what's your favorite? You know, tell me a little bit about what you're using. And she, and, and I wanted to crawl under the table and she said, oh, well, I'm not actually shooting with that camera now, but I, I really, and she didn't know anything about the brand. Like she knew nothing. And I was so like, I literally wanted to crawl under the table and that, that this person who I was introducing her to like shot me a look that I'll never forget. She was mad. <laughs> she was mad because she's like, you are wasting really valuable time right now. And, yeah. you know, every minute on that trade show floor is important. So don't do that, people. Like, you know, if you just because you want to know the brand and you want, and this is, you know, a fairly well-known person who who has done, but she just, she really screwed that. I walked away and we were friends and I was like, man, you really screwed that up. I was like, how do you not know the brand? And she's like, well, but and I was like, well, but nothing, that's over. And yeah. so don't do that. I mean, that's that's obviously... I hope that that's a, a given for most people is you do have to be very respectful of people's time. Yeah. And if you, if you can't manage to do that, um, you know, you, you need to learn those skills. And, yeah. and uh, part of being respectful of someone's time is being respectful of what they're there for. Yeah. You know, and if you, yeah, I mean, I, I think it goes without saying, but we all put our foot in our mouths. Um, I've done it. I've witnessed many, many people do it. Uh, I've definitely uh, done it many, many, many times. 
I, I wish I could remember one of the instances right now because when I do it, I do it big. I do it big. Same, same. Um, and it's it's one of those things where I walk away and I just want to crawl into a corner. Um, but yeah, so it, it happens, and you know, there's more opportunities out there. You're not going to win everything, you know. So you got to you got to just keep moving forward. You got to keep hustling. So all right, we're we're at about yeah. uh, thirty minutes now, and uh, I want to I want to <laughs> make this a two parter. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I I haven't interviewed many wedding photographers as of late. Jason, there's one there's one thing I quickly wanted to add yeah, yeah. that I think is relevant to the sponsorship thing. And it's something that I'm really passionate about, excited about. Fujifilm over the last summer has changed everything that they're doing in how we represent ourselves as a brand, mm. who is part of our team. Thank you for and how we how we walk into this industry. And I couldn't be prouder to be part of that. Uh, if you haven't had an opportunity, go to the website, check out our creators and our new ex photographers. Uh, it we'll is a, a proper and, and awesome representation of our industry. And I, I couldn't be more happy that it happened. Uh, they've also done a great job of starting to democratize the concept of being a sponsored photographer. There is a structured plan as to how you can apply and what you can ask from Fujifilm. Obviously, you need to be a Fujifilm photographer, but you can you can ask to start projects with them. You can collaborate, and then from a collaboration level, you can move to a creator level, and then from a creator level, if you spend enough time and proved yourself, you can become an ex photographer, which is what I am. Um, and it's a a wonderful program. Uh, and and just to bookend that real quick, uh, just because that exists doesn't mean that you shouldn't do all the networking stuff. Because I'm telling you right now. You network, you meet the right people, you talk to the right people, you make friends with the right people, you show them your value, and then you apply. It's going to be a much smoother transition for you. Good for Fuji to create a path. That's that's brilliant. And without mentioning names, we know who's behind that. So we certainly do. (laughs) We certainly do. That's amazing. One of my very, very good friends and one of the smartest people I've ever met. Yes, yes. Um, So wedding photography. Um, When I launched this podcast... It was right at the beginning of the pandemic. So like the first eight months, all we did was talk about coronavirus. And I'm, I'm really happy that this whole episode, we haven't even touched on it, which is amazing. So I'm so happy that 2021 is starting with not talking about it or just touching on it. Um, how, how is it going? And what do you think 2021 looks like? Oh, man. Um, I'm really inspired right now. I know that we're in, in probably the worst wave of what's happening. Uh, a lot of people are having very, very difficult times with everything that's going on in their lives. And uh, lots of people are dying. And it's very, very sad. Yeah. But I'm also optimistic like I've never been optimistic before. Okay. I started my business in the economic downturn. I struggled my butt off. I, uh, there were times when I had, and I'm talking very strictly about myself here, which please excuse my egotistical, you know, rant, but <laughs> we're self-centered, you know, the show is here, about but, interviewing you. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah. But I, I just, I, I think that there's a, there's a message here and that's that there were times when I had $20 in my bank account and I just so badly wanted to be a photographer and I had two kids, single dad and struggled my ass off to make my dream come true for myself and to show my kids what I can do. And I did it. So I'm telling everybody that's listening right now, whilst everything looks so bleak right now and so challenging, and you're maybe not getting the wedding seats you want, and you're maybe not booking and you're struggling and it's even hard to put food on the table. Don't give up. If you really, really want this, it will come to you. 
You just have to never give up and you have to work harder than you ever have in your life. Yeah. There are, there is success on the horizon. There is love on the horizon. There are events on the horizon. There are hugs on the horizon. There are, there's family on the horizon. It's all coming. And I know that sounds a little woo woo, but I think we all need that right now. We do. So I don't want to talk about the pandemic. I, I know it's there and I know, I, and everyone knows that there, it's there, but stay safe, wear your damn mask, be smart and look to the future because it's, it's there for you. That's a that's a great message. And, and, and by the way, speaking of hugs, newly engaged, congratulations. <laughs> There's my people say mazel tov. Uh, Thanks, buddy. Yeah. And uh, you know we we can we can wrap things up there. So yeah, just recently engaged. I'm excited for you. We'll have to do that part as part two. But um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm really happy for you. And um, you know, thank you so much for sharing sharing your thoughts with us. And I definitely feel like there needs to be a part two of this conversation. Maybe maybe this summer when things are opened up uh, a little bit more again. And you're crazy shooting weddings and you're off on location shooting someplace and happy to have uh, neck pains because your cameras are bothering you from shooting so much. And, um, you know, never thought that we would be wishing for those things, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, every day. I'm, I'm really waiting for my carpal tunnel to come back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're definitely ending on that note. So thank you so much for sharing that and being on this week's episode. Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of Something New Every Week. Thanks again for tuning into Something New Every Week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you do enjoy these episodes, I love it if you hit that subscribe button on however you're listening to this. Again, we want to thank our sponsor, Miller's Lab, millerslab.com. Great company. If you're not familiar with them, you should go check them out. Thanks again for tuning into Something New Every Week. We will see you back here next week.